if you make a lot of noise, I give one more day off. Courage, honesty, friendship. That's the most important thing in life and in football. Welcome to the Stateside Spurs podcast. I'm Austin. Uh, I'm Colin. Yo, you sound weird when we start recording. It sounds a little, you sound a little different. What? I mean, it sounds more professional. I guess Skype's got to upgrade their audio a little bit. No, I changed last my voice, man. This is my... Oh, this is my okay. This is your podcast voice? <laughs> Fair enough, dude. I respect it. I didn't know we were using podcast voice. I'll have to work on mine for next time. Now you can, uh, you, sorry, all right, so I'll, I'll start it over, so now you, you fucked it all up. All right, Not a good go. introduction, I'm not editing this out. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. I'm not editing As this I out. Said, this is the <laughs> first podcast, I'm Austin, joined by Colin, uh, across the states here in good old US of A, talking Spurs football. Yeah, um, great 3-0 three, three no win today. Um not really great opponents. Uh, Ipswich Town from the uh, League One, right? I'm not changing. Sure. The League One. Le- League One. League One. Okay. Yeah. I mean, their keeper was probably the worst professional keeper I've ever seen in my life. To be Which honest, had the first, had- their first half keeper, they got yeah, that dude was lost. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, three 0 win. Uh, Sunny with a brace. Uh, Cessna had a nice uh, goal. Uh, you know, we had two goals by ten minutes. We were kind of cruising. I know we. We both watched that this morning um, on Bleacher Report, which you know, stateside you can watch pretty much any game because of all of the streaming services. And so uh, that was nice to be able to watch Spurs again, even though it's only been a couple of weeks or a month. Or we're, we're being spoiled with the, the amount of Tottenham games we've been able to watch in the past few months. Uh, let's talk about positives of that game. Uh, what do you think? What were your positives? Well, positive of the game was even though very short vacation for the boys – they came out, they scored some goals early, and we kind of just kind of coasted and had a practice session. I mean, that's really what you want out of a friendly is come out, do your business, and be able to practice and work on things in the second half. So, you know, it was nice to see Dally and Son and and and, and company link up. I, I definitely think the big positives, though, you got to talk about Hoy Beer. I mean, starting right off the bat, he played like 70-some minutes. Hoy Beer looked composed, looked like a leader was always looking to pass forward, making interceptions, was all over the place. Everything that we were hoping that he'd be now, yes, it's it's a preseason, it's Ipswich. I get all that. But he's been with he's been practicing with the team for five days. Yeah. So Yeah, I think he, at the end of the day he's a, he is like we, we talked about this last week, right? He's not gonna be the star of the show, but he is the you know, he will hold our our midfield together and, and protect that defensive line and it really opened up wings to be a little bit more uh, a forward today and so i'm excited when we get to see hopefully uh this is me knocking on wood i don't know if you can hear this but hopefully we get to see uh, indombele uh, play beside him or los celso and get to really push up the pitch and as he sits back and protects that front line uh that back line uh another positive i mean like i said sunny had a brace today uh, that second goal was uh, was cheeky. It was a great assist by Foyth. Um, I mean, that's that's the the vision that and the skill set that I think we've all known that Juan Foyth has had. Um, we all, I think, a lot of people think, oh, he could play in in the midfield. Maybe he's not a center back. 
that's a perfect example of the skill set that he brings to this team is he was able to see Sonny make that run, put that on a platter, and then Sonny with a beautiful chip over that uh, that terrible keeper from Ipswich. Uh, oh. I, I don't know his name. I'm not going to look it up, but it, he was not good. Yeah. And honest. then in addition to that, you know, you know, this, the second goal, uh, the first goal that Sonny scored wasn't beautiful, um, but it was a, a nice finish. And so Sonny looks great. He looks in form already, ready to start the season off. Um, anything you want to add to that? Well, yeah, two things there. I mean, Sonny could have had a third. That great Judson uh, cross, I think, is just a little unlucky. It was, the ball was rising, and he was trying to uh, toe-poke it in, and it was just a little high. The ball just kind of bounced too hard for him. But great, great cross by Judson Fernandes. We can talk about him in a moment. But uh, getting back to Foyth, I mean, I think if he's going to break into this team under Mourinho, it's going to be uh, as that defensive-minded right-back who will – step into the midfield when possession you know, uh, dictates it the way that Davies on the left last season did under Mourinho's system. You know, if, if we're noticing not to get too tactical is what Mourinho has been doing is shifting the back four over to the attacking side. So you have a back three and then the, that, that fullback on that side pushes forward last season was always Aurier on the right, but with fourth on the right, it allows us with the, and we can talk about Sirkin later, but with uh, with somebody on the left to push forward and Foyth can be that defensive-minded right back, he it has technical ability. He does. And, yes, he gives the ball away. He has some rash things, but Foyth has so much technical ability. It's ridiculous. At, was he 19, 20? Uh, uh, I don't know. He looks like he's 14 with that baby face. But, yeah, he's definitely young. Um, and, you know, he looks Pochettino, like- Pochettino brought him in. There was a lot of promise when he brought him in. Last year, we were very unsure. He played that Chelsea game. was very uneasy. Uh, Mourinho was uh, not very confident in his uh, ability to uh, maintain possession at the back, I, f- I feel. And so he never really got a chance to um, to, to be a part of our team uh, after that game. I think gives him a more opportunity to get into the team, is my point. Because yeah. there's less pressure on him to take care of the ball, right? Getting back to how young he looks, real quick. I don't know if you're anyhow much from other fans out there. He looks like... A, when Marshall uh, goes back in his in his pictures and he he grew he grew like like a foot overnight in his old pictures. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he does look like that. He uh, looks like he looks like a fourteen year old in a twenty five year old's body. But I definitely think that if he's gonna break into the team, I mean, we have Tangongo, we have Foyth, we have some defensive minded players that can play out right right on the uh, white out wide on the right. So I think uh, that's nice. breaking the team, yeah. So, and then uh, real quickly, we, wanna, we don't want to spend too much time on this. This is Ipswich Town. This is the very first friendly that we've had. I don't really want to talk about lineups. I mean, we have a lot of players that weren't there, um, you know. But Jetson as a right back, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and that was how it was set up, right? He was playing right back. Correct? In the second half, in the second okay. half, he definitely was playing right back at one point. Yep. Uh, in the first half, where was he lined up as? I could have sworn he was lined up in the, at right back in the first half. It was fourth, Alderweireld, Jetson, and Davies. Davies, I thought Davies was playing center back, and you. Fourth was on the right. No, no, Cessna was further forward. Yeah, so yeah. I think yeah, I think, Jetson was playing right back the whole game. So I thought that was pretty. I mean, granted, once again, Ipswich Town, League One squad, uh, not the talent that we'll be facing week in and week out, but really great getting forward, made some great moves, great pace. Great, great ball into um, to Sonny that could have been his hat trick. So you know, I uh, he's still on loan. We still have him for another year, I believe. It's, it was an eighteen month loan from Benfica. 
I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how Mourinho uses them because we are going to have to use some of these players. It's fixture congestion, which we're going to slide into shortly with talking about the crazy well, schedule that we have um, coming up. So, Absolutely. Uh, and I think, I think we've also seen that, that Mourinho likes Judson, right? He's trusted him. He's played him. Even though he's only on loan, we've seen him play a lot of minutes and come on as a sub often. So, Yeah, for sure. So... Let's talk about, I want to transition to talking about our left-back situation. Last week, we talked about our full-backs. Um, still up in the air about both of those, right-back and left-back. Um, Serge was in the squad today. We saw Jetson play. Davies played at left-back, I'm pretty sure, today. I'd have to look at the formation, but I'm 99% sure Davies was left-back. Gassessiniano's pushed further up the pitch. And then here comes Dennis Serkin, right? Uh, we've all heard of him. Uh, Marina's been praising him. He comes in in the second half. Uh, and he's playing with the kids. Right? He's not playing with uh, the starters that played in the first half, and he he's, he was the bright spot in the second half for me. What are your thoughts on Dennis Serkin? So, Sir, I hadn't seen him play much, right? Serkin was someone that I'd heard a lot about. He played in that first ever game at White Hart Lane, um, where it was a U23 game. He played in that match. Um, People like Wendy have been high on him. He's an attacking left back that doesn't mind getting forward. He has a lot of technical ability. He put a foot in and made some tackles. You know, I think what Mourinho sees in him is the talent, the raw talent there to be this homegrown fullback that other teams have produced and have not only saved the club a lot of money, but given a lot of value. I'm not going to put too much pressure on a kid like Sirkin because we haven't seen enough of him. But look at Liverpool with Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. There is no way they get to where they are right now without homegrown talent in Alexander-Arnold and a young talent they purchased in Robertson. Both those fullbacks hit and became world beaters and have stayed healthy and have become some of the best fullbacks in the league, and they hit on both of them. Yeah. If, we're go, if we are going to beat the system of City buying players, United buying players, Chelsea buying players— we have to have more Harry Kane's coming through. We talked about this last week about a lack of youth coming through. I mean, Harry Winks is a solid Premier League level player, but we need players like Tanganga and Sirkin to be hits. We need them to be players that are world beaters that we created. Um, that saves the money. Tra- that saves money in transfer fees and everything else, and it it brings them up through the squad the right way. I think Sirkin looked like he was hungry. He attacked well. He put crosses in. He tackled well. He was linking up well. He was aggressive. I really liked everything I saw from him. I hope he plays in every preseason game leading up to it, and then we'll talk about fixture congestion soon. He's got to have a role to play. Yeah, I think you know we're we we are both. I think every Spurs fan is concerned about our fullback situation. Uh, but uh, with that being said, you know we were a club ten years ago that if we were to develop the talent of the likes of Harry Kane, we were sure to, um, to to sell them once they became... I mean, look at Gareth Bell, right? We were sure to sell them, and now we're at a position, we are the club, that if we can develop that talent, um, we can pretty much ensure that they're going to stay through at least the beginning of their prime, right? And so if Dennis Serkin uh, and, you know... You know, the Harry, the Harry Winks, or not the Harry Winks, because he's already developed. I feel like Oliver Skips and the um, what's another one? Uh, what's the, the young Jet Harvey White? 
Harvey White. Yeah, like these young players, if we can start developing them, like we are the club now that doesn't have to sell these talent. We can keep them. And so that's what I'm most excited about. If we can do it, that's the key factor. It's been a while since we've been able to develop world-class talent at Spurs. And so... Look at Manchester United, right? Look at Greenwood, Mason Greenwood. You have to play, and we, we can talk about this in a second, but, I mean, look at the difference in Sessegnon, and he scored today, but look at his lack of confidence. He hasn't played consistent football for over a year, right? Yeah. Mason Greenwood is getting consistent football at United, and he, when he plays, he makes the most of it, and he scores goals. Is Mason yeah. Greenwood that much better than Jack Clark? I don't know. I just know he's getting more of an opportunity. Look at Tammy Abraham, Harry Kane when he broke into the team in Poch's first season. There are players out there who are hungry for the chance, and if given the chance at the right time, they break. Colin, you played soccer. I didn't, right? I'm sure you saw players that were developing and just needed that chance, and once they were given a chance on the field, they broke out, right? Um, a lot of it's confidence for young players too, right? A lot of it is like the fact that, you know, Jose Mourinho, which, you know, whether you're a Spurs fan or an Inter fan or Chelsea fan or whatever, you know, you know Jose Mourinho. So if this this manager, they call the special one, <clears throat> has enough confidence to put you on the pitch, that will instill enough confidence. Like that's a lot, that's a big boost for a young player. And so I think, you know, I think that we're in the right direction. And I, I hate to say this because... I hate the fact, um, I hate <laughs> backtracking on, on things that I've said in the past, and I've been a very anti-Mourinho person, but he's growing on me. Um, and well, I, that might change next week, and you know, but for now, he's growing on me, and I think that uh, he can instill that confidence in some of these young players. And let's be real, like we're not in a situation financially with COVID to be able to go out and just buy whoever we want, no. unless we're going to start selling some of these players, and Granted, the transfer window has been extended to to October, and so we have plenty of time, you know, five, six weeks remaining to to do plenty of deals if needed. But no one's buying players either. Like, no one's going to be out spending, like, even if we sell somebody, we're not going to get the value of the player because of the market. And so it it is going to have to be Jose thinking, hey, you know, got to see what your next one up, next one up as we get into this fixture congestion. So another thing is, like you mentioned, Sessignon. Great. Let's talk about Sessignon. Uh, he started today. You know, last week we're sitting here talking about Sessignon not being a part of our club. He's going to go on loan. Here he is starting today. Thoughts on Sessignon? I want Sessignon to be a world leader. I think he showed so much promise at Fulham, and I think so many English fans, especially, want Sessignon to, to to be that bright spot, that left winger. Um, I think he had a rough season last season. He started the year injured. Uh, Poch wanted to play him. Mourinho didn't think he was ready. He was on the bench a lot, but never got a lot of minutes. Um, and then COVID happened. I think he, I think he stalled a bit last year, but he scored against Bayern Munich in Champions League. Let's not forget that. We got drilled that game, but when he scored, we were down two. We, we, the score was two one when he scored against against Bayern Munich last year. He scored in an actual Champions League game. Um, and that was under Mourinho. That was not under Pochettino. Mourinho was the coach then. Um, I think Mourinho wants Sessegnon to be that player, and I think he want. And I think you see him saying, "No, Barcelona, I'm not going to send you. I'm not going to send him on loan there, where he's going to play every, you know, every twentieth game. I want to develop him. I think he's someone important. That's huge for me because, as you said, if someone like Jose Mourinho shows you. Uh, confidence shows confidence in your ability. Listen, 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic has talked positively about it. As far as I know, one manager in his entire career, and that's Jose Mourinho. <laughs> he came out recently and said that at Inter Milan, Jose Mourinho came and said, we're going to win every title, and we won the treble that year. And when Jose Mourinho came around and said, hey, come to Manchester United, we'll win trophies. And yeah, they finished sixth, but they won Europa League. They won a, they won a, they won a, uh, a uh, FA Shield, and then they finished second the next year, and then Zlatan moved on. Zlatan's like, I would follow that man anywhere. And that's the most egotistical footballer that's ever existed, I think. So, yeah. I mean, Jose has a way of getting certain talented players to just instill confidence in them. And I think that's why I think he's going to be so important on Delhi. But getting back to Sessignon, I really hope that that Poch put, or that Mourinho puts him under his wing and says, come on, th- these first two months, this is your time because we have so many... We have 10 games in like three weeks. Yeah. And I want to ask a question and, and I'm going to give you 60 seconds to answer this question because I want to move on. But here's the thing with Sessignon, right? We just talked about Dennis Serkin uh, being a left back and we have Davies. Um, and so where does Sessignon fit in in the squad? And if you're going to push him into the midfield, like we already have a ton of wingers. Like, what do we do? Like, like what are like, are we selling uh, you know, the lamellas? Uh, the, are we selling? Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're packed in the midfield. What do we do if we're, if is going to be getting this playing time? And I and I know we have a lot of fixtures, but with that being said, you know we're reverting back uh, to the three substitutions this year. The EPL has voted yeah. against the five subs. Uh, yep. Jose Mourinho is not happy about that. He would love to play uh, with twenty players in the squad and five subs, but. It's it's been announced already that we're reverting back to the three substitutions. What do we do with all of this midfield depth if Sessignon is to be a part of this team this year? I, I I probably don't need sixty seconds. I think I think there's there's probably three formations that 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 I keep saying Potch. I can't I stop. Miss him, dude. I, I know. Can't stop. I miss him. <laughs> Same. Um, there's there's three formations that Mourinho is probably going to play this year. There's the four two three one, that four three three, and that four four two that we saw against better teams when we're on the counterattack. In the 4-3-3 and the 4-4-2 where we have wide players on the touchline, hugging the touchline on the left side, that's where Sessignon can shine. If not else, as a substitute, right? He's got pace, he's got power, he's got technique. That He's not going to be a player that plays in the 4-2-3-1 when we're going against a team where we're going to go back and forth and we might have the ball, we might not have the ball, you know, where it's toe-to-toe. He's not going to play. But when we are going to be hitting on the counterattack or when we're playing with out-and-out wingers, that's where he's going to play. Because Mourinho's starting to use uh, Lucas more, hug the touchline on the right, Lucas, stay out wide, help the fullback out. Sessignon can be a secondary fullback and a winger on the left. That's where he's going to play. In cup games, Europa League games, lower league opposition, when we're playing wide players, that's where he's going to play. Here's the thing, though, and we're moving on, but I promise we're moving on. But our bench is going, if healthy, our bench is going to be stacked. And we're going to have seven bench players. You already have a keeper. So it's Gazaniger, Joe Hart. you got to have some defenders on that bench. And you're going to have to have, uh, you know, our midfield stacked. So I just, I love the depth we have. Um, I'm just concerned if we don't move some players on. The playing time will not be there uh, unless we get into the cup games and stuff. And so uh, I agree. I think Sessignon's great young talent. He was hyped up for so long as being this this uh, this amazing talent, and 
<clears throat> I think we're seeing that in bits and pieces. His goal today wasn't beautiful, but hey, it's not about how pretty it is. You got to put it in the back of the net. He did that. He was today, in the right so. position for that nilly pass, and he and he did put away weak footed. Yeah, he did. So um, excited to see what Sessignon does. I think we'll see a lot of him in the future. Um, when it comes to these friendlies, we have three more before the season starts. So we'll keep touching on that. Let's talk we'll about transfer window. Opinion. Yeah, let's talk about transfer window. Uh, Joe Hart is is official since we spoke last. Um, Love so it. now we have uh, two backup keepers. Who's our number two? Today, Joe Hart. I had to ask you who's our number two. Gazaniga or Joe Hart? Joe Hart. Gazaniga had a few good games, but he's not strong enough. He's 27 years old. He's never been better than a backup. You've got if if you're telling me in a cup game to give Loris a uh, a spell, you got to you got to trust the leadership of Joe Hart, who's won trophies. Gazaniga has had some good games, but he's 27, 28, and he's never been more than a backup. So I mean, Joe, we're shopping Gazaniga then, right? There's no need to have a third string keeper like that. We have Alfie is it Alfie Whiteman on our under and Brandon and Brandon Austin. Yeah, I think if an offer came through for Gazaniga, we would we would sell him. I don't know if an offer will come through, but if an offer does come through, I think we definitely sell him. Okay, uh, I agree. They'll need to spend more time on that. He got a, he got a debut today. Nothing to talk about. Ipswich was. He didn't really have anything. To do. Yeah, <laughs> Ipswich wasn't like threatening, but I think we'll see. You know, when we play Watford in a few weeks, I think Watford will be more um, a more competitive friendly, and we can. The talk Joe about... Hart highlight today was him yucking it up with Son on the uh, side. Yeah, line. which so... is great to see, right? Like he just got to the club. He has that leadership mentality, right? Uh, He's won and, trophies, man. Yeah, and now we have that with Hugo and him. I think that's. And I think they probably work really well together too. Nothing against Gazaniga. I think that, that the club. Did you watch the training video with him? The uh, keeper's I training video? Shame on he me. He looked good. Not. He looked good. I mean, Hugo, look, I, first of all, I didn't play soccer growing up. So watching the keepers and how they train, it's like, damn, it's like burpees, but with a soccer ball, you have to catch. It's, it's intense. And yeah. Hugo looked amazing, but Joe Hart looked like he was right there, man. Like he still looks like he's spry enough to get it done. And he's in England. He was a former England number one. I mean, are you really going to hate on that? He's not Rob Green. So, uh. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then Skip's official to Norwich. Uh, Norwich, I think that's a great move. I don't. Uh, we talked about it last week. We don't have to continue that. But that is official. Yeah. I think we'll get the playing time. Um, well, let's talk about the schedule, dude. What a schedule. Uh, oh, and we're not going to touch too much into the Carabao Cup. We're not going to touch too much into the. Uh, Europa League qualifying. Thanks, Chelsea, for screwing us on that I, one. I do. I have a um, question. No, it, it, Arsenal screwed us on that. Well, I guess Chelsea lost, so I, both. I have a question for you before we get started. So we have six matches added to the beginning of the season with Carabao Cup if we win Carabao Cup and Europa League if we win those matches. Possibly six matches added. What is your opinion on which of those two, like, what do we prioritize? It's got to be Carabao Cup. I who could give a shit, right? Yeah, I'm choosing Europa League all day over Carabao Cup. We have to make it to the group. If we don't qualify, that is a huge embarrassment, right? Yeah, and, and it's a different format, right? Like, we're like, this is the only year where it's not two legs. So it, it's a one-game playoff for three games. And so Mourinho we- has to be very strategic with how he maneuvers the squad. You can't go into, you know... I, I don't even know where we're going to play Azerbaijan or whatever, because uh, the schedule hasn't been released yet for those games. We can't go into that throwing out. Um, who is that backup striker we have today? That cool name. Dane. Because... Dane. Uh, oh, God. I just looked it up. 
Dane Skylark or something. I don't know. Something, something. Dane Scarlet. Dane Scarlet. Scarlet. What a name. Yeah, Dane we, Scarlet. We can't like go into Azerbaijan throwing Dane Scarlet as our starting uh, striker. No, and so I think we need a first team squad and just destroy them. That's yeah. what we have to go into that. Thing so, yeah, for me, Carabao Cup should be a chance for, for some of these younger players to play. And we talk Dane about Scarlet. We have, we, have a, we have a ton of <laughs> midfield depth and we can play the false nine. We can play Sun, Lucas, Deli, all there for Kane to give Kane some breaks in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I think Kane's playing those Europa League qualifying games uh, for sure. We yeah, yeah, we have to have first team in the Europa qualifying and just no chances taken, just destroy them. We can sub use our three subs and sub Kane off in the second half if we're up four goals, but no, we cannot, we cannot uh, risk it. So that was the question. I just want to make sure we got that out of the way. But as we're saying, what a schedule. schedule! I mean, are we open with Everton at home? Thoughts. Well, so first thought is, I am not superstitious. In, in the words of Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> um, the last time we won the league, we opened with Everton uh, at home and we closed with Leicester away. Just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, when we won the well, double, you know what the, you know what the odds are? So I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I enjoy sports betting occasionally. Um, do you know what the odds are for Tottenham to win the league? I have some money. I might do that. Uh, twenty to one. No, plus forty five hundred. What, what that is means? that? That means forty five to one odds. So you know, uh, uh, that's uh, 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 through, uh, a I'm maybe through, a cheeky I'm, tenor. I'm maybe through a, a, a cheeky twenty five or on that uh, to see what comes from that. Uh, but yes, I agree. Like, Wait, what's what's that? What's that? What's that? What's twenty five times forty five? Come on, come on, dude! You're the one with the PhD, the masters. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, I have a PhD in political <laughs> science, okay? Uh, $1,125. If Tottenham win the league, dude, then uh, I'll, take, I'll take you to dinner. <laughs> I'm going to – where are you betting on? Because I might throw a cheeky 50 we'll on talk, that. Like... We'll talk about this outside of, <laughs> outside of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, I got a guy who knows a guy that can get you set up. But my point is, that. okay, so, so, so when you look at the schedule, the first eight games are all winnable except for Manchester United away. United away, United, I would love to talk about this maybe some other time before the beginning of the season. I think United is the one team out of the top eight that's improved the most and I'm going to be most worried about. United away is a tough proposition. I'm glad it's coming early in the season because they might not be ready yet. That's my only hope. Well, here's the thing, right? Is United away is tough. There's no fans. Exactly. But fans are going to come about at some point during the season. And we're clear. So we can play them early where we don't have to go to Old Trafford with the fans. So if we're going to play, like, and I wish, like, I wish that City game on the 21st was away as well. Um, Chelsea, you know, and we'll keep going through this, but United might away be having fans by then, though. That's my point. Is that we they might have in November fans come back? But I'm pretty sure. I'm 99 sure October 3rd. There's no fans in the stadium at Old Trafford. So if we're going to exactly. play United away, then great. I'll play on October 3rd. It's not the first game of the season. We're going to have plenty of games. Uh, the problem is, is the fixture congestion leading up to that game. That'll be our eighth game in three weeks. That's so the of, that's the exact end of the shit fest of of schedules yes yeah so everton home i'm not scared of everton everton's never really been a bogey team for us we've taken care yeah. of them they are they're a quality squad they have a great manager um but i'm not super concerned don't get me wrong we're probably gonna lose that game 3-0 because i said that but i'm not concerned about our schedule with everton southampton, we're going away. southampton away we just took their captain not worried about that 
Um, Newcastle is Newcastle, and then you know we get into United, West Ham. You know, <laughs> who cares? Uh, they care. We don't. Um, and there we go. Burnley, Brighton, West Brom. West Brom's an, uh, you know a newly promoted team, and then we get into uh, let's talk it's about a crazy it, fest. Let's talk about. So, so before we talk about it though, that means in the first eight games we got to rack up some points. What do we, we have to do in these need... first eight? Give me a prediction. First eight games in the we season. Need... Let's first go through games, one by one, right? Everton. The, the first, well, I think, over the first eight games, we need about eighteen to twenty points out of those first eight games. We cannot afford to do more than drop four to four to six points out of those eight first first eight games because the next month and a half is a shit show of just tough matches every week. And if we don't get points, we're going to put ourselves so far in the eight ball that we won't be able to make it up. So I really think we need the only games that I, I expect us to maybe lose points in are United away, Burnley away, and you know maybe a freak game against Newcastle or something because Newcastle is as as fucked as over. Everton, Everton could be tough. I mean, we don't know. It so, could be a draw. So, so I'm talking. I'm talking maybe six points dropped in those first eight games is the maximum that we can we can drop because. As you said, starting on November 21st, we have a two-week break, right? There's an international break, which is nice, right before right before this. But starting on November 21st, City at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal home, Palace away, Liverpool away, Leicester at home, Wolves away. What the f- – are you kidding me? Those yeah. seven games – and then I, I mean, ex- even then you can say like Fulham at home. That's a that's a London derby. Like uh, that, that's two, but that's two days after Wolves away. Yes, that is true. That is true. So you even the last for- game in December is not going to be. It's not. It's not a. An, a we do have Fulham and Leeds at home right after that that onslaught. But really, I think Wolves away is the end of a just crazy period of Premier League games where it's not going to make or break our season. We need to just survive that period because then the next slate of games until we get to Liverpool at home on the uh, t- January 27th, our last four games of the first half of the season are actually okay. It's Fulham at home, Leeds at home, Villa away, Sheffield United away. I think we can go into that Liverpool at home on January 27th on a good position, but we have to start strong. We our first eight games, we have to start strong. Yeah, and then we get into. I mean, Sheffield's no joke. They had a great season. Um, we get into Liverpool, and then we're back into it again, right? I mean, very very quick. Um, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, three out of five games. Um, I mean, I I am happy. Do you, we're do done you prefer with that? Do you, do you prefer having these tough games all together? Do you prefer having them spread out across the season? In this way, I have I prefer them having together because we're done with Liverpool on January twenty seventh. We never play them again. Like we're done with them. In Until we knock them out of the Champions League in the final next year. There you go. <laughs> or two years but from now, because we're not in the Champions League next year. But you know what I'm saying. Liverpool <laughs> is the only team I'm really afraid of coming into the season. City has been up and down. Chelsea has no defense. Arsenal has no defense. I mean, I guess I'm. I guess United would be the second most worried I am about a team. But we're done with Liverpool on January 27th. And then if you look, if you look at our schedule after playing City on February 24th, I mean we have Arsenal away on March 28th. But, it's the 13th, but yeah. Oh yeah, March 13th. But we have a pretty light schedule. I mean, we have United, 
But the back end of our schedule in March, April, and May, we April we have a three out of four of our games are away. But I mean, honestly, we have a pretty good run in. Yeah, from so, from March twentieth, you know, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. I I would safe to say that we could easily win eight out of ten. You know, with with United being home being a tough one, uh, Wolves is always tough. Um, they, you know, great manager, great squad. He's built a great. They've done a great thing, and I feel sorry for them being left out of Europe this year. Um, and then Leicester, right. Leicester away at the, at the end of the season. Um, those are going to be the but bogey games. I don't think. We, but, is it me or do we always play Leicester at the end of the season? It feels like we are always playing Leicester. In the last uh, few games, well, I remember two years ago we, it was like a six-four game or five-four game, something crazy. It was nuts. Yeah, it was so, nuts. I mean, I agree with you. I think that we're looking from the toughest part of the schedule is going to be from November twenty-first until March thirteenth, and we have a little leeway there in January with some in easy games. Um, but other than that, like you know, the beginning of the schedule and the end of the schedule it looks good for us, and I'm okay it's with really, that. November, December, November through December is tough, and then uh, February through March is tough. But January is okay. January is decent uh, outside of Liverpool. So yeah, the, if we start strong, we can survive the middle and have a chance to end strong. I really think that's and and, and I did the math, and really it is. If if you want to look at it this way, is it's really there's a top eight at the moment, right? There's the top, there's there's us, so you got you got Liverpool, City, United, uh, Chelsea, us, Wolves, Leicester, and Arsenal. Right? There's really the top eight this year. Now it might change because Wolves and Leicester might still drop out of that. Arsenal may drop out of that. They haven't done anything to get back up and towards the top four in a few years. Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, in not that to group, spend time talking about Arsenal, but I think Arteta's class. I think you he know. is class, but they have no defense. I mean, so they're counting a lot on Saliba this year, but we'll talk about that on a different podcast. But in that top eight, that's that's fourteen games. We have to average a point and a half, and then if we can do well against the bottom twelve, which is what Mourinho's bread and butter is, Mourinho's bread and butter is is beating teams worse than him. If we average two and a half points against the bottom twelve, we'll be fine. We don't have he. That's why he always had the 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 idea of draw away and win at home against the good teams, and then you worry about the bad teams later. Yeah. Um. I I think it's going to come down to are we able to take care of business against the bottom twelve, and are we able to get draws away against the top teams? That's yeah. what it's really going to come down to. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, schedule. Let's talk about uh, you know, teams are back. Teams back in training. We have a lot of players that we're missing today. You know, there's a video that released a couple of days ago. Dyer, Lamella, Lacelso, and Sanchez are all in Italy, uh, hanging out, playing some some footy. Um, so we're missing those four. Those are all four first team players, no doubt. I think. And then in addition yep. to that is Kane. Um, so we have a lot of players that we didn't see today. Um, was Kane at Mykonos, or was that just Harry Maguire? I was just hearing our Kane went to the Bahamas, and now he's having to quarantine. That's right. Maguire got um, arrested. I still don't know for what. For that slab hit of his. He probably headbutted somebody. <laughs> uh, that's my guess. Guys, is there an uglier player than Harry Maguire in the Premier League? If so, um, find it for me, and we'll discuss it on next podcast. I'm still <laughs> jealous of him, though, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, he, he's quality. I'm just giving him a hard time. But uh, yeah, and then let's talk about um. There's been some some rumors about Mourinho looking for a, an experienced right back to add to our club. Do you what do you think that means? Does that mean that like is Serge Ra is he a part of our plans? Yeah. No, I think Mourinho has his eye on his eye set on a specific veteran right back to bring in for the locker room because he knows that our, all of our backups surge are youth players, Tanganga, Foyth, etc. I think he has I think he had Judson. He has his eye set on I mean there's been some names thrown on Reddit. I don't know who it could be, but he has his eyes set on an experienced right back, like some sort of veteran that can be that guy in the locker room that can chip in with a game here or there and be be that calm head. I, he loves his veterans, man. I mean, I really think that he sees Spurs like Inter or Porto where he has to raise up the uh, youth, but he thinks he also has enough money to maybe bring in a wily veteran or two and really do a job. I mean, look at Branislav Ivanovic at Chelsea. How many games did that dude get a right back and center back at Chelsea and do a job? And he never did a damn thing in football outside of his time at Chelsea. That's true. Mourinho knows how to find a player that can do a job and just trust them to do it well. And I I don't know who he he has in mind. I mean, where's Danny Alves? I don't know where Danny Alves is. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, I don't don't know. Um, I I don't know who it is, but I think he has a, a veteran in mind to bring in, and I think yeah. we want to keep Surge. I think we're going to keep Surge and just trust in our in our youth. Okay. Uh, I mean, I agree. I don't know who it is uh, at this point. I trust. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I trust Mourinho, uh, and that he will come bring, to the dark side, Colin, and he will come bring. He will side, bring in, in Jose. whoever he bring. Whoever he brings in will be um, someone that I have to support. And if he doesn't bring anyone in, then I think that that means that he he has confidence in our back line. And you know, a, a great thing that I just I did some research. The, we had a really solid defense when we came back from from this COVID. Like our other than Sheffield Out, United, the Sheffield game. That's yeah, it. outside of that Sheffield game, we had a really solid back uh, back four, and it was very we well really organized. Did. And so you know. A lot of this talk about fullbacks, like maybe it's just us forgetting, or not forgetting, but remembering what it was like before COVID and how unstable our defense was. And but we were pretty stable, and it wasn't like a few games. We had a, a solid sample size uh, to to see what our defense would be made of. Um, we so. doubled our clean sheet total in Project Restart. Think about that. We we doubled our clean sheet total basically. So I I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think. Uh, you know, for for anybody that that who, that happens to listen to this, Colin was the most anti Jose person ever. Whenever he was hired, but he's coming to my dark side. Well, here's he's why coming, I hate. He's I hate, coming over. I hate Chelsea, and you know, and he was <laughs> he was a manager of, of a football club that I hated. Well, and he was instrumental in getting them trophies for the first time. And then I um I have a friend. I have a couple of friends who are very good United, like they're big United fans, and I just saw him tear that club apart but that like that club was already kind of torn apart before he got there so that club has never never repaired after sir alex ferguson left and then he did win some things at united so i you know slowly but surely he won i think a european championship with them he did uh and so let's talk about like what do you think 
some realistic realistic goals are that we can set for this team in our 2020 and 2021 season? Colin, I don't think it's been as – in my 10 years being a Spurs supporter, it's never been so clear. Uh, it is top four in our Europa League final. I mean, I know that sounds – that might sound grandiose, but every year we were with Poch, we may have said top four is a, a goal, but we never even ever said we should make a final. We were like, well, let's make a semifinal FA Cup. Let's make it one round further in Champions League. But knowing where we've been and knowing who Mourinho is and knowing what we've brought in and how we were playing under Project Restart, getting back in the top four is the minimum. That is the minimum. If we don't make top four, Mourinho's gone. If he doesn't get us the top four this year, it doesn't mean that he's a horrible person or a horrible coach, but it means that he's not going to be – if he can't get us the top four this season – with the, the instability at Chelsea with their defense and Arsenal isn't any good. And I mean, uh, yeah, United look better, but I think City's going to regress this year. If we can't get top four this season, if we can't pip United or Chelsea to top four this season, Mourinho shouldn't be here. And he's only been in Europa League twice, and he's won it both times. If we can't get to a final in either the FA Cup or Europa League. If we somehow get knocked out of Europa League and make it to an FA Cup final, I will forgive it. But we need to make a cup final, and we need to get top four. That's does, that's does what the I'm... About, does the Carabao Cup count as a cup final in your eyes? No. Nah, I don't know. I mean, I know that's the last trophy we won, but no, I don't give a sh I don't give two shits about Carabao Cup. What if we win the Carabao Cup and finish top four? Like I said, top four is bare minimum. So anything on top of top four, I'm okay with. If we win a trophy, if we get top four and win a trophy, I'll be happy. But I really think we need to make a Europa League or FA Cup final. And anything can happen in finals, but Jose Mourinho is 10 out of 12 in, FA, in any cup final. He's won 10 of his 12 cup finals in his career. I trust him in a cup final. So, I mean, I'm not. What do you put, think? I'm not putting goals yet. I'm not. I, I'm not. You know, top four is not a goal for you. We have Jose Mourinho at the helm. He, uh, top four is not. not a goal. Here's, 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 and you're not going to like this. Here's what I think. I think that the top of the Premier League are like Liverpool's class. They're above everyone else, I think. But from two to eight this year, I think it's going to be so competitive. Um, you're talking about Chelsea not having a defense, but I'm, I mean, Timo Werner's leading that line now, and that that dude is the real deal in Pulisic, and like they have some great young attacking talent, uh, and then Arsenal with Arteta, and then United's progressing, and then City is still City with Pep, and then Wolves are like the solid force. They beat who they should beat, and they're competing with the top teams, and then Leicester is a curveball every year. So, I don't want to put that like that. I'm not comfortable yet setting those goals. Well, let's talk when the season starts. I'll have that for you. When I see what we do in the transfer window, um, by the time the season starts, I'll be like, okay, this is what I think we should do. Do I think we do I want top four? Of course I want top four. Do I want to be in the Europa League final? Of course I do. Do I want to win all the trophies? Yes. Um, I just I still think this is this team has a lot of Pochettino in it. And until I can see what Mourinho has done to to transition that into his team, I'm not comfortable putting goals on the season yet. So that's that's very fair. And your last point about having a lot of Pochettino in it, definitely taken. 
Um, I'm going to respond to what you said, but first I'm going to reiterate something I said earlier. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. We have a history at this club of winning titles in years that end in one. 2011 was the exception. If you go back and look, 2011 was like the only year that ends in one that we did not win a title. I honestly believe Jose Mourinho is going to bring us some success this year. But my response to what you were saying, I get what you're saying. Two through eight is going to be super, super competitive. City's regressing this year. Pep is losing that team. He hasn't brought them any closer to Champions League glory. He's been knocked out in quarterfinals every year. They aren't any closer to Liverpool than they were last season. They haven't brought anybody in. Unless Messi comes in, because there's an outside chance Messi leaves Barcelona, and the only place Messi goes is City, I think. Unless Messi somehow gets convinced to go from Barcelona to Manchester, City, I think, are only regressing this year. United, I think, are taking a step forward, but Chelsea has no defense. They haven't done anything to improve their defense. Arsenal has no defense. Leicester under Brandon Rodgers is a sinking ship. After the first, they had an amazing first half of the season, and, and where they were scoring everything they touched, but their goal, their XG came back to bite them, and they're not scoring goals at the same clip anymore. I really think Brandon Rodgers has lost it. I had a half season sugar rush with them. I really don't fear Leicester. Wolves, you never know. Wolves could show up and lose three 0 or come up, come to your place and beat you three one. Wolves is 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 a wild card. I do agree. I really think. Top four has to be the priority this season. We have one of the most accomplished managers in all of world football. We have some amazing talent. Yes, we have some Pochettino on this team, but I honestly think he has done. We played as a top four team in Project Restart. We, since Mourinho came in, we were fourth most in points. He already has us playing as a top four team, and he didn't even have his defense or his midfield set yet. We're only going to get better. I really don't think there's any excuse. We are already playing like a top 14. We were sick. We were 12th or no, sorry, we were 14th when he took over and he had us as a top four team from the time he took over to the end of the season. We, we should finish top four. If things hold, there's no excuse for us not to. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to argue against you there. Let's talk about Delhi. Um, I think Delhi is this, player that we as supporters are constantly uh, I'm just baffled right uh, Delhi came into Spurs from MK Dons in 2000 I could be wrong 2016 I think uh, 15 15, the 15-16 season wow we had him for five he's, years he scored against Leicester in the year that Le- in, the, in the beginning of the season he scored against Leicester to tie 1-1 diving header and Lester ended up winning him the uh, title last season. I remember him nut, uh, nutmegging Modric uh, in preseason. Uh, yeah, and was that was like, 2015. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, He's but, been here five so, years. You know, where does Delhi fit in on our team right now? Because he is one of those players that he's he's. Um, we don't. I still don't know where his best fit is in our team. I, I, I can't figure out where to put him. <laughs> Where do we put Deli Ali in our in our team? Um, D- Deli on Ali on September twelfth. Deli Ali is an English to- uh, Thomas Mueller. That's what he is. He's a he's a shadow striker. He plays behind the striker. He can fit in as a midfielder if he needs to. 
but he has to play between the lines, make runs off the ball, and distribute when he needs to. But he is Thomas Mueller, but with a little bit more flair and English. That's what he is. And what's your I think, biggest? What is the thing that frustrates you the most? Or not? Not that I am that because I know what that answer is. What is the thing that you wish Delhi would do more of? I think at times his decision making is slow because he's always trying to hold and hold and hold until he and, and, and freeze defenders and hold and hold and hold until he can something pops open. I think he's always trying to wrong foot defenders and sometimes he holds the ball too long. Um, so that's frustrating. But to my point, I mean, the reason Mourinho clearly loves him. The first player Mourinho put his arm around when he showed up to the club was Deli Alley. He knows the talisman that if he Kane is Kane. Kane, you know what you're gonna get out of Kane. You never have to worry about Kane. Deli Alley is the talisman. He's the guy that can be your lucky penny if you if if you put him in the right positions. In the first two seasons under Pochettino, Deli Alley always played between the lines. He was free to make runs. He could make runs off the ball. He could pop in weird places. He was popping into the box. And then in eight, 2018 forward, he was dropped deep into midfield to help out on our midfield crisis when we had no holding midfielders. And he did a job. And, play, and fans started hating on him because he wasn't scoring goals, but he was winning the ball back. He was progressing the ball from deep. He was doing the things that a box-to-box midfielder does. Because he, he's, he's a, a victim of his own talent. He can play all around the pitch. But his best position? Playing in between the lines as a number 10. That's where he needs to play. He needs to be behind Kane. And I think, I think honestly, him and Son need to rotate in that spot. But I don't know what Mourinho is going to choose this year. I don't want Deli Ali out wide. I don't want him deep as a midfielder. I want him to play behind the striker as an attacking midfielder, as a Lampard. As Mourinho's Lampard, that's what I want. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I want to see Deli start shooting from outside of the box. I want to see Deli not trying and, and kind of piggybacking. Amen. It's like he's always just kind of, kind of waiting to see what the next pass is instead of getting around that defender with his fancy foot. Like he has great footwork, right? A great skill set. I want him to get around that defender and then look to take that shot. I, I can't remember last time Deli scored um, outside of the box. Was it Watford or Palace when he scored that beauty? Where it was that? it was Watford towards Wait. the end of the year yeah. in 2018-2019 where he took that shot from the from like 20 yards on the left side. From the cross and he it. Like, like dinked it around and he volleyed it. No, I'm thinking of the goal that he he had the ball at his feet. He shifted to his right and he lobbed it top right corner. Um, that would have been nasty volley that that came across. Uh, yeah, I think it was Trippier. Or, uh, I don't know. It might have Walker back then. Uh, well, so and the thing is that he has a great frame. He's like six foot. He's long legged. He's big. He doesn't get shoved off the ball easy. He is he he is Frank Lampard. He could be a more technical version of Frank. Like that's what Mourinho wants him to be. Mourinho won titles with Frank Lampard. Like that's what he wants Deli Alley to be. 
And I really think that's where he needs to play. I don't want him out wide. I don't want him deep in the field. I want in the midfield. I want him in between the lines behind Kane. But if he's playing there, where's Son? <laughs> if he's playing there, where's Lucas? Like what? 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 Do we play a four-four-one-one? Is he Vandervart now? All of a sudden, like. I mean, there's a lot of there's, we have all these great attacking options. It's up to Mourinho to figure out how to utilize those attacking options. I think so, uh, and that's what we're going to count on. We're going to count on Mourinho figuring out the best way to utilize all these midfield options. And if he cannot, uh, if he can't do that, then we're in trouble. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter if we have the Lamella, the Lo Celso, the Sun, the Lucas, the Deli, um, as these supporting players to Kane. If he cannot figure out how to utilize them, uh, and that is my concern with, with players like Deli Ali, is like we know the skill set, we know they're great, but if you can't figure out how to utilize them um, appropriately, then then we're in trouble um, scoring goals. And well, well, to be TBD, to be determined, we'll figure that out as the well, season progresses. Not only but... not only not only in trouble scoring goals, but he's a valuable player. So if we can't fit him in. He gets sold. Yeah. Levy's going to see that. If, if he doesn't get utilized well this season, Levy's going to be like, we need to move him on. Yeah. We still, have four, years on, we still 20... have four years on his contract. So, I mean, yeah, right. I, right. I would say if not this year, probably the next year, because you yeah. want to always sell with around two years on the contract, I think, to make it worthwhile. Um, there'll, but... there'll, be, there'll be teams that will come in for him. It's my point. I think, I think, the, I think where he fits best is in a four, four, one, one. But Sun does. Sun doesn't need to play as a midfield role. He needs to be forward. Like, I don't know how you fit. My problem is, and what I'll be interested in is, how do you fit Sun and Delhi into the club, into the side at the same time? Yeah. It's the same thing of of how did you fit Erickson into the side with Delhi at the same time? It was tough, and it worked yeah. for time, but it was tough. So yeah. that will we, be. We didn't even we didn't even mention like Stevie B. I'm like, still, still, Bergline's still there. I mean, we have so oh, many attacking options. So like. Not to go back to Cessnion, but like I don't know where Cessnion fits in in this midfield of attacking options because we're at a plethora. Four one one, Cessnion on the left, more on the right, Delhi behind Kane, but then Sun's out of the squad. But that's it's, how you rotate Sun out. Yeah, they have Sun, Stevie B, Lamella. You know, I mean, there's, I don't, there's... I, I don't care about Lamella. Lamella can fucking go back to Italy for all I care. <laughs> He's been. You, I can tell you he, that you finished your, your you finished your old fashioned because you're you're uh, <laughs> you're no longer um, worried about cussing anymore. <laughs> Lamella Lamella's been a waste for so long. People love him for no reason, but I think he's a I super think... sub to me. Lamella should should never start a game unless it's it's a Carabao exactly. Cup or it's a Europa League qualifying I match, which I'm okay I with. I don't but. think. I don't think Sun and Delhi fit in the side at the same time, but I think they allow each other in different in different uh, formations to to rotate for each other. Yeah. I think if if Delhi plays and we're playing more of a shadow striker behind Kane, if 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 Sun's playing, it's more of a wide forward with maybe Bergwijn or Lucas on the right. Um, but that gives us options. Yeah. That's fine. And that and that, pro- that that reduces the chance of injury. The problem with Pochettino, we don't have to spend time on this, but the problem with Pochettino is that so many players played so many minutes. It's amazing to me that Erickson never tore his ACL, the amount of miles that dude ran. Yeah. Like, Poor Erickson. So I think, lost the Champions League final, lost the Europa League final. 
Oh, God. He's really good at getting second, huh? <laughs> he lost the Europa League final to an own goal from Lukaku. Like, ugh. Mm. Poor bastard. Uh, all right, man. I don't. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? I mean, we, I feel like we've kind of covered a lot tonight. And uh, I know there's some more things we would definitely want to talk about. I, I'd like it's, to spend a podcast. Geez. I'd like to spend a yeah. podcast talking about Jose Mourinho. I found a really interesting press conference. We'll definitely um, fit that in next next week. But I don't is there well, anything hoping, else you want to touch hoping, on? I'm hoping next time, you know, maybe we'll do a, uh, you know, a, a weekend, like a end of the week and a beginning of the week uh, pod. And maybe maybe before the season starts, we'll we'll talk about Jose. I have a whole podcast about just Jose Mourinho because I think there's some good stuff there. His presser from before he was a Spurs coach, uh, just to tease that a little bit um, and how he talked about Spurs and Pochettino and his his philosophy. And I think there's some good stuff there to talk about. So I hope uh, – I hope we 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 can get some traction on that that sort of topic. So yeah, awesome. Well, uh, hey, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hanging out tonight, Austin. It's uh, a great time. And uh, Saturday we'll, night. Uh, yeah, Saturday nights. What else? What else do you do other than talk Ipswich Town Just friendly? Go make another old fashioned on Saturday <laughs> nights. But uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, I guess we'll catch all you guys next week. Appreciate it.